Welcome to the 31st meeting of Junto Club. We begin this episode without a quote from Benji, instead hearing what Charlie Munger has to say about Bitcoin. This is in honor of our main topic, the practical applications of cryptocurrency. Shu tries to convince us that crypto will democratize and fundamentally reshape numerous financial industries, and that crypto will not simply remain a store of value or a hustle. We also get a little bit of a Matt rant on affordable housing in U.S. cities. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Junto Club. So yeah, welcome to the 31st meeting of the Junto Club, where we we are inspired by the original Junto Club, founded by Benjamin Franklin around 300 years ago, to discuss topics such as science, politics, and business. So the, but the main difference is that I usually don't know what I'm talking about. And as usual, uh, with me are my more accomplished fellow Junto members, Dr. Michael Pedanati and Dr. Matthew O'Brien. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and today's main topic is uh, is about interesting like crypto applications, right? Because we know that when you think about crypto, mostly you think about most people just think about Bitcoin, but there's a lot more interesting things that's going on beyond Bitcoin in crypto. So, so yeah, I, I actually consider it one of the most exciting creative and very most innovative space right now in technology actually much much more interesting than robotics or the other stuff <laughs> all right yeah, then i'm just... gonna i'm very skeptical of it so we're you're gonna see us fight about this in a little while but we'll see yeah yeah all right all right so yeah all right so so Talking about Bitcoin, so we usually start with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. So we're going to diverge from that tradition today oh, in honor of Bitcoin. So, so, um, so Charlie Munger, you know, one of the investing partner of Warren Buffett, say about Bitcoin. So this is almost like a quote within a quote. So he re- he say he say that like Bitcoin reminded him of an old Oscar uh, Oscar Wilde quote about uh fox hunting quote the pursuit is not the pursuit of uneatable by the unspeakable end quote so he's comparing like uh like bitcoin as that and the pursuit of uneatable by the unspeakable anyway do you guys know what he means by that so i mean i think the uneatable part's implying that you're hunting something you can't eat so it's like a waste Okay. But I don't know what unspeakable is referring to. Yeah. Unspeak- yeah go ahead, Mike. Mike? Well, no, no, no. I, I, I basically was just agreeing. I mean, my thoughts is so the speed, uh, the, so the un, the pursuit of the uneatable by the unspeakable. I guess the hunters of like, you know, people who hunt purely for sport or, you know, like kill purely for the fun are unspeakable. I- yeah. So. Focus on fox hunting. Yeah. Fox hunting, I guess. Do you do we eat fox? Is it edible? <laughs> is, is fox not edible? I mean, it 
I don't know. I mean, I guess it could be eaten, but maybe the meat is not tasty or is tough or something. Mm. But okay, so yeah, but I mean, I mean, I guess so. He's saying Bitcoin is it. Bitcoin reminds him of that. Yeah, fox hunting. So it reminds him of fox hunting. So I mean, I in the context of hunting, I guess it makes sense. Like it's it, it like you're hunting something that you're not going to eat. So it's sort of like you're like, maybe it's morally objectionable to just like do it for the sport of it. Like a lot of people say like hunting, like it's like they're for it if you're going to eat it. But if it's just, you're killing things for the fun of it, that's something else. But Mm. um, yeah. So yeah, I I guess, uh, I guess unspeakable. He just, talking about the people are just pursuing the profits right being greedy maybe try to uh yeah just he just like he just doesn't he just hating bitcoin right right right, right. <laughs> so basically <laughs> and that's what he tried to say he's like oh he's really not uh sustainable he's a bubble basically right so sure i mean yeah. well yeah i mean i think a lot of people have talked about it just being like essentially just yeah like the people drive up the price of this entity that has no real value and then mm. like yeah. you know people who invest late in the game are left holding the bag basically but yeah. i mean is it didn't is charlie munger the one who said like you only invest in things you know right isn't that yeah. him and warren buffett's thing exactly yeah so i mean is he a bitcoin expert no he's not <laughs> <laughs> well but he's 97 years old and then he knows something about investing, so. Oh, that is fair. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, well, he also, yeah, anyway, next, so the original quote from the uh, actually Oscar Wilde's play called A Woman of No Importance, the original quote is, fox hunting is the unspeakable in pursuit of the inedible. Anyway, just for reference, if you're interested in the original quote. <laughs> Okay. So. All right. So should we go to house housing? Is that? Oh yeah. I saw this. So this is a topic. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've talked about it on this before, but I know I've mm-hmm. talked about it with y'all where I'm like, uh, mad about the housing shortage and housing mm-hmm. prices and the economic and personal harm it does. But I saw this interesting fact that, so the Bay area infamous for high cost housing, right? <clears throat> yeah. Huge cities. Over 80% of it is apparently zoned for single-family housing. So that's only single-family homes are allowed to be built. There's something similar like Seattle. In the Seattle city bounds, like they also have something like 80-something percent of it is single-family housing. What does single-family housing mean? Like just like one family, it's only, you can build only homes for family? You can only build like a, a house one detached house that only is supposed to house like one family um, separate from other things. So things that this bans is things like duplexes, triplexes where they have like two houses Uh, kind of like we're sharing a wall. This bans townhouses where you have, you know, everyone has their own house, but they're just kind of like built next to each other. Obviously this bans things like apartments and larger, larger scale buildings like that. So um, yeah, it's just terrible. This is absolutely terrible. So housing zoning needs to be massively changed in pretty much every city in the U.S. But, you know, it's a thing. 
especially Bay Area. Yeah. No, the area I'm about to move to in <laughs> three months or so. Yeah, right? good luck buying a house, right? <laughs> you say 82% of the area, like residential zone, are like single family housing only. So what was the, do you know the original motivation for doing that? So, I mean, there's different reasons that are put forth. Some, some's just like a desire to like keep the character of their neighborhood and whatnot um, the -hmm. same. There's definitely people who point to at least some circumstances, racial motivations, part of the white flight from cities to suburbs, trying to like exclude a lot mm-hmm. of this falls under exclusionary, what they call exclusionary zoning practices, which is essentially things intentionally make, intentionally built to make it difficult to make housing, especially cheaper housing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you keep the people you don't want out of your community, whether that's based on racism or just more classes, like we don't want poor people able to live here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there was a crazy scenario example where a school was going to build like a school was going to build some lower cost housing for their teachers in the Mm. Bay area, because I think it was the Bay area because it's like outrageously expensive housing and they don't pay teachers enough. So they literally can't live in the area. And Mm. then like the parent, like people who have kids go to the school actually complain about them trying to make housing for the teachers. And it's just like, what are you even doing? Just, Uh, you know, it's just that all around. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. Crazy indeed. So is, is anybody is there is people are uh, pay people and I pay attention to this right now or no? Any legislations going on? It's coming. There's been a couple of cities. Uh I think there's been two cities hmm. that have uh just banned f- single family zoning. Um I'd have to Google them. But it's it's something that's starting to become, I think, more aware, spreading a little bit more like Mm-hmm. The whole, cause it's unsustainable, right? Like the idea that people, as people keep moving into cities, just like having these continually sprawling suburbs of single family homes is becoming more and more unsustainable. Mm-hmm. Like there is a limit where people say like, after like two plus hours of like traffic filled commute, they're just like, this is not like, they're not going to accept it. Right. Like most people will start to just be like, I will do, that's just not an option. And I mean, mm-hmm. things like remote, the new advent of remote work becoming more popular is helps but it's not a long-term solution so i think a lot of people are realizing like seattle you're like well in the city browns you could easily double the housing stock if you remove single family zoning and some of those you know were turned into apartments or quadplexes or other things right like Mm -hmm. without having to take more space or more sprawl Um, and that would obviously drastically reduce the cost of housing which is extremely high in seattle like it is in a lot of cities Um, you know, so it's just a win-win and I mean, yeah. And even people like the people who build on the property, like the people who own the property probably make like it, it, it's like, it's good for poor people who need places they can rent for affordable. It's good for rich people who own land and can develop it to make more money. It's literally like a win-win on both sides. Well, what about rich people owning the house? For example, if I'm a property, if I own a house in those areas, right. Mm -hmm. I will be concerned that if you build more, maybe my, you know, price of my my house would go down right because you have more supply less demand it's possible it depends because i mean on one hand when things when areas are developed more Mm -hmm. um generally the land value goes up in that area so the property your house is on would probably go up the 
your house value, that value of your actual house might go down a little bit because people might be less interested in the single family house next to more developed area. Mm. Um, but the important part is who gives a fuck? Like we shouldn't mm-hmm. be basing our, how we build housing and stuff to protect the interest of people that like that interest, right? Like it's not, it's not that important. Your house value is going to be fine. If you have a house in a city, it's going to mm-hmm. be valuable. You're going to be fine. We don't, we shouldn't do what maximizes that house value but at the expense of the whole economy. Yeah. But who decides the, the zoning? No, it, it, don't you, don't you put it forward for people to vote on the, on it? On a... uh, so I mean, this, so I, one actually one of the reasons this is an issue a lot of times it's a very localized thing right so a yeah. lot of small communities have to t- kind of have a voice over uh over the policies i mean they have these laws right but you know people apply them in different ways and i say but but the important thing is it, it's kind of a question of who actually goes to these community meetings where people disrupt because mm-hmm. this is a story that's happened a hundred times in the U S in the last 10 years where someone's building an apartment in a place that's already allowed to build apartments on mm-hmm. property they own. And then com- people in the community go complain mm. and they get it blocked. Um, mm. Either they just get it officially blocked or they make it delayed and costs go up until mm. the peer like developer just gives up. Right. Yeah. And then these are areas where housing is very expensive and they need more housing. Mm. Um, so it's the issue is the sort of like the type of person that goes to these things. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like a diffuse, it's kind of like, what's it, what's the problem, you know, where it, it's kind of the problem where like, it, it's a prisoner's dilemma in a sense. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Game that's not right. Thing? I don't know. If every, like one small community says, we don't like want this, right. Then yeah. you might say like, what's that big deal? Like they get to say that. But the problem is when that happens everywhere, like it mm. becomes a massive problem, right? Because if you're not building new housing anywhere in a city that people keep coming in, the mm-hmm. housing prices are just going to keep going up mm-hmm. um, and it's very, right. it's very bad. So I think a lot, one thing that's pointed to as a solution is to move a lot of these zoning decisions up to like a state level where mm-hmm. basically local politics can't uh, bully as much. You can't have like random people who are just like, well, I don't want this in my community. So I'm going to get a handful of neighbors to just go with me and like, you know, bully the local council person into blocking it now what, happen, what happens to one person one vote <laughs> it's my right right to make it why do i then you so you're advocating for big government to make decisions for you for local i'm doing people. the opposite i'm doing the opposite i'm what? saying there shouldn't be single family zoning shouldn't exist and if you own property that's residential you should be allowed to build residential Oh, things on it. People are abusing government to block what other people want to do on their property. Oh, okay, yeah. Are you saying the government should not regulate this in the first place? I mean, essentially, I'm not saying there's no regulation housing, right? Don't let someone build like a chemical factory in the middle of a neighborhood, right? Mm -hmm. There is like sensible stuff, but a lot of these regulations are way overboard and essentially uh, are either we're unintentionally or maybe intentionally we're just are, are just meant to be abused and help some people at the expense of others. Again, gotcha. like it's not your property. If someone wants to build two houses on it instead of one, they should be allowed to, right? Like this is not okay. that. Yeah. No. So, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say I'm all for, I, I guess my thinking is I'm all for, yes, if you have a residential, you know, zone, like you could, should be able to do whatever you want that's within, you know, the, rules of your permit or whatever you know so it's uh but 
So yeah, I mean, if there's space for a space and resources that would support an apartment building, then you should be able to put that there. I guess my thinking though is like with the push for remote work and I guess uh population that is going to decline, like do you, I mean, I, I know there has been like a flight for cities, but it's, I mean, uh, you mean fly from cities? No, like our flight to, like, I feel like people, like, a lot of people want to live in cities, like, are, are uh, moving from. Well, well, first of all, let's just establish that the U.S.'s population is still increasing. Um, so we haven't started the population decline. And even in places that have, like Japan, a lot of their big cities continue to grow in size. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, yeah, even if the overall population is declining, if people are concentrating in cities, um Sorry, what was your original question again? So, uh, so I guess I was thinking, okay, like I, I mean, I guess I do wonder if there is some type of bubble coming with respect to housing prices in cities. Oh, I don't think so. That's crazy. Yeah. Personally, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think mostly, like, I'm not saying it can't correct down somewhat, but I think mostly they're in the ballpark. Like, and even if they correct down a little bit, they're just going to keep going up after that. Mm. Um, I, th- it's just people are just fighting over housing right like it doesn't take okay so covid was a really interesting kind of test case because there was for temporarily there was a flight from cities so like new york which traditionally has less than three percent vacancy rate which is way too low so like any city should aim for at least five percent um but like a three percent usually sits under three percent vacancy rate it shot over 10 i think it peaked around like 11 and you know what happened rents dropped like 30 percent but that actually it was actually much more significant than that because in New York, they have something called like you would traditionally pay a broker's fee, which is at least one month rent that you pay to the realtor who's like found the apartment and you just pay that. It's not like a deposit you get back. It's not going towards your rent. It's just a cost. And so that's like, and that was pretty much at least during like the pandemic time, that was just, everyone was waiving that because they were trying to get residents. And they also, a lot of landlords started giving concession months. So one, two, three months free on your lease and they're doing that so that they could keep the price higher not reduce the rent as much but essentially still compete for things so the 30 percent ish drop in rent was actually more when you add in some of these other things but now people are starting to move in and they've seen recently they're seeing new york housing prices are going right back up really high because it's kind of after the vaccine a lot of people are like okay we're going back to the city in the summer right right, right so so, I mean, it's pretty clear that, you know, you just need enough. If you have enough housing, it will fix the cost issue. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. I think we're so talking about talking, actually talking about housing and actually so heavy. Yeah. Let's talk about something else then. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll, so we'll you, come back to housing at some point. I've considered yeah, have doing you, a topic you, on it one you, day. But. Are, are you guys watching the Paralympics? No, I didn't even realize they were going on. I think right. they are going on right after the Olympics, right? Yeah, so, I saw the first thing I ever saw today. Oh, <laughs> so, what was it? What was it? Uh, it was wheelchair rugby. I was like, what is this? So Wheelchair rugby. So it's not wheelchair football. Well, yeah, I guess. But nice. Yeah, it's, yeah, so it was How'd it you was like interesting. It? it was interesting. Was it impressive? Yeah, I mean, I get it was just interesting. Like it was like I, like I was like I didn't know if it, they would call it like handball or like I mean it's essentially just two teams. Obviously, the uh, the players are in wheelchairs and they like pass the ball back and forth to each other. Like they it's sort of like handball where they pass it to each yeah. other. 
and it's like if people get in front of you like you it seems like you need to give up the ball and it's about getting it like through like almost like a soccer like so at the far end of the court is like a the uh a line that's like the width of like a soccer style net and your team needs to like get through that uh like holding the ball but you can't just like go through someone so if they get in front of you you have to try to go around or pass it off Exactly. Yeah. Can you tackle? Can you tackle in wheelchair, Robbie? Well, uh, I guess that's the equivalent of it. Like, I mean, there were definitely times where like people like slammed into like wheelchair, like each oh, other's wow. wheelchairs. But it's like, but I think mm. that's sort of the idea of like getting in front. You have to like forces them to give up the ball. Mm. Nice. So yeah, and the reason I want to, I guess I brought that because I feel like parallel Olympics doesn't really get a lot, a lot of coverage, attention, like because. When when we when the Olympics was going on, I see all my YouTube videos popping up, right? And then I then right now it's Olympics done, but Paralympics I don't see any videos popping up. However, during the Olympics, I actually watched some Paralympics night uh, events. There are a couple of things that are really impressive, right? One is uh, I never know that you can swim without arms, right? Mm. Have you? Do you, do you know that? Have you seen that before? Mm-hmm. Have I, mean, you I seen can that do before? it. I haven't watched. Because even, you know, people with arms, pro swimmers sometimes practice not using yeah. them, just kicking for gotcha, their training. Gotcha. But... Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, I just never thought about it. I was like, oh, wow. Because I, I, I see, I think, 100 meters or something. And then these all different guys had different like, disabilities. You know, mm-hmm. some with not have no legs, some with no arms, some have like one arm or something. Like that. But anyway, so this this Chinese guy, he has no no arms, like both arms, right? So he was just not like, using his body, feet, and his head. You know, I was like, wow, this is <laughs> impressive. Swim swing definitely faster than me. But anyway, he won an event. I was like, wow, this this is cool. And there's another guy, ping pong, right? Ping pong, uh-huh. and then he was using. He has no arms. This guy had no arms. Oh, then how do you play ping pong with no arms? So what he did was he is he, it? Yeah, he was using his, his, his <laughs> yeah his his mouth to hold That's the awesome. paddle. I think also he using his feet to pick on a ball and throw it or something. So <laughs> something like that. It was just I was like, damn, this is amazing actually. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Right. Yeah. No, that's so, good. I mean, it's sort of like, I mean, I guess it's like in a way more inspirational because it's like yes the olympics yeah. is inspirational like look at what humans can accomplish but it's like i guess in the, with respect to this it's like look at what humans can accomplish even in the face of adversity right yeah exactly yeah um, it's just something that you never thought that you could do without these like you know disabilities right so mm-hmm. anyway so that reminds me i need to go uh, later and to watch some follow some paralympic events right now <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say you need to go work out later, but. <laughs> oh, net too, net too. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Let's, uh, now let's get into crypto applications, right? So, okay. All right. So let's start with a quote as usual. So the quote is, the Times, January 3rd, 2009, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. End quote. Do you know what what that referring referring to? Or where that quote is coming from? So after the 08 recession? Yeah, that's what I mm-hmm. just something about yeah. 
Yeah, so it's referring to the bailout of the banks, right? Mm-hmm. So I think around that time, they also, you guys remember the Occupy Wall Street movement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so this quote, this message actually is, is in the Genesis block of the Bitcoin. So the first block of Bitcoin has 50 Bitcoins on there, and it has a message. This is the message, right? The Times, January the 3rd, 2009, Chancellor on brink of second bailout for banks. This is a this is a, this this message actually appeared in London London Times, right? So the Bitcoin is uh, whoever the creator, the Satoshi, right? He just put this quote in the in the Bitcoin block. So this is on the Genesis block, right? So the idea is that I think so the tr- the motivation behind the message is not really clear, but most people just speculating. Oh, this means like they try to the message is like as a reference to like why he developed or she developed the, developed the Bitcoin, right? Is to cut out the banks, a middleman, right? That he saw like, or she saw as corrupt or unreliable, right? So yeah, so so basically the whole idea of the Bitcoin and the beginning of motivation, the blockchain is always to, to remove the intermediaries, like the banks, right? So like mm-hmm. government, you, you have people like, even in companies, right, you have board members and the people running the company, those are intermediaries, right? But bank is very is a very good example because you need to go to a like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, you need to go to these branches. They hold the money for you, right? So you like I you cannot say for you to send money to me, we have to go to these banks, right? These are the intermediaries. So yeah, anyway, the whole concept is try to remove that. And then you can look at all these applications right now that's happening in the crypto space. You can look at it as a motivation is just remove this intermediary, right? So have you guys heard of something called DeFi? DeFi. Mm. So it it stands for this DEFI. It stands for decentralized finance, right? So that's mm-hmm. exactly what the what this space is trying to do. It try to remove these banks. Right, nice. So, for, for example, for you to send money to me, you can just do it through blockchain, very fast, very efficient, right? Because uh, right now, you, you people, you know, you sometimes there's a lot of cost to you to do a transaction. That's and it's very slow, inefficient because you have to go through banks, right? You don't see all these what's operating in the background, right? You you want more money, you want more money to me, right? It's very fast to you, but actually in the background, there's a lot of things going on, right? But in, if you if you remove all these banks, right? Actually, that means you know your money can be worth a lot more because you don't need to pay all the you don't bank doesn't if this removing these banks, right? You don't need to pay all these the, the cost to keep up with these banks, right? The branches and stuff like that, right? So yeah. Mm-hmm. All but right. Venmo so doesn't next... just the obvious question here. Yeah. Venmo doesn't cost you anything to send money to someone. Right. Well. I guess. So I, I well, well, I don't really know what I, I'm just saying. I think I think you still need to connect your bank. You still go through your banks, right? So it That's doesn't true. cost you. It might cost something else down down there. Down call it. Like it might. It's probably gonna cost way more or money, right? So anyway. Well, I do I mean, agree. The cost exists somewhere, right? Because yeah. the banks make money. It doesn't, but... Of course, it doesn't. It doesn't appeal to you as customers, right? Well, For no, now, maybe. the cost. I, I guess the cost to you is you need to keep your money with Venmo. Yeah, exactly. So they can lend it to others. Yeah. You don't even yeah. need to. Like, you can send money straight from your bank account through Venmo to someone else. 
Right, right. No, you do. You can. Uh, I mean, it, it's it stays in Venmo for one to three days, or they pay a fee, though. Yeah. Mm. But still, I mean, the, the, the main thing is there's a cost, and there's efficient inefficiency, right? Your money is sitting in the bank, and the, the bank doesn't give you any profit back, right? And the bank is doing all uh, stuff with your money, but they don't really share the profit with you because they need to keep up with all these branches, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so next comes the decentral finance. And this one example is just to make these like banks like decentralized, right? Like put them in blockchain. That way, you know, you don't need to keep on these uh, branches, basically. All right. So one example is stablecoin. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. So you know, Bitcoin is like a lot, one big complaint about Bitcoin is they go, they, it's a very volatile, uh, volatile right? They go yeah. money up and down. So stablecoin is basically. One stable coin is $1. That's the basic idea, right? Mm. That way you can do transactions between like, so if you put $100 into uh, this type of one like stable coin, right? You basically got $100 value as well. So basically, right? Stuff like that. Okay. So, so basically, they have, there's a different way of to do stable coin. One way is like, okay, you put $100 in, they're going to keep that as a reserve in the company. Now in the blockchain, so that way, basically, is backed by the actual dollar, right? And there's a lot different of doing stuff to make it stable, but this one example. So stable is one of good ways they try to resolve the issue of the volatility in Bitcoin or the other stuff, right? So anyway, so that, that way you can do transactions between maybe buying stuff in the future and stuff like that, yeah. I mean, but is that... I don't know that that changes anything really, though, does it? I mean, so, like, if it's always worth a dollar. Yeah. Like that, the then, I mean, I feel like that still requires all those institutions that you talked about, sort of, like, the all those intermediate, like, because, I mean, if, if it's based off the, like, U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. like, the U.S. dollar is highly dependent on a lot of, you know, that institutional stuff. So is, mm-hmm. it, is that really changing anything? Yeah, so well, there's one way of... Yeah, go ahead. I would say, I, I mean, theoretically, you could have people exchanging stable coins for goods and services amongst themselves, using it just as a sec- secondary currency. I assume if if it's 10 to the dollar, I assume the intention is to be used as currency for trading, right? Mm-hmm. Not a store of value. Yeah, Exactly. For trading, for buying stuff, yeah, it's not store value. Yeah. So that way, actually, because, for example, if you move all your money into this, uh, then maybe you got your uh, everyday deposit, right, from your like, direct deposit from your job or something, you join this stable coin, right, and you put all that money in there, and that means your money actually can, you can do a lot of stuff with that money, right? So they, they could use your money deposit to lend it out to other people, you know, because they don't need to keep these branches, right? So they can they can share these like, savings with you, right? With the customer, whoever put this money in the state port coin. So basically, right? I mean, that's one one way they could do it. But anyway, no, no, but the simple idea of stable coin is just to, is $1 equal to one, big, one stable coin. That's the whole idea, yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's other way of doing using a reserve. You know, the other way is then they use some kind of computer algorithms to to set a price such that one big one stable coin is always equal to one dollar. There's a little bit more complicated. I'm, I don't know reading the details. We can go in the, in the future, but right now, just the just the basic concept of stable stable coin, 
stable coin. Yeah. Okay. So, so once, so once we have that, so have you heard of how something called self? We so one application in DeFi that's really interesting. Something called self repaying loans, right? Have you? Do you? I yeah, of course. Yeah, I guess you guys haven't heard it before, right? So that's no. a <laughs> that's the idea. Of course, is that you take a loan out, but actually, of course, it sounds really crazy because you take a loan out, right? But the loan actually repays itself. You don't really need to, you know, do anything. It's just like generates interest and repays it. Anyway, the way they do it is there's a one uh, blockchain company doing it right now. It's called Alchemix. Alchemix Finance, right? Uh, A-R-C-H-E-M-I-X, Alchemix. Of course, it's dried, probably they tried to dry it from the alchemy, right? Like turning, I don't know, uh, uh, rocks into gold. So right. anyway, so Alchemix. So the way they, they, they do, the way they do it is like you deposit money, you de- deposit some kind of asset like other crypto assets like Bitcoin or Ethereum into into the alchemix, right? And then they're gonna give you these stable coins you can take out your loans on your assets, right? These crypto assets, and then you can take out a loan, right? You can do stuff with these loan like. Uh, buy stuff yourself or buy a house or something like that. However, in the back end, they're gonna what they're gonna do is they're gonna use your asset to do some kind of investing or any other stuff to maybe some safe uh, to do different like earning uh earning something interest on your asset as well during the meantime. Right. So they're gonna share as returns from your original like principal, your asset, right? Something that you deposit in there. Uh actually over time, like in two or three years, your your loan actually gonna get paid back itself, right? So, so that was the basic idea. I think I don't really know a lot of details into it, but this was the basic uh, how they do it. Like using you put your crypto in, you give some stable coins that you can do stuff with the stable coin, and then your whatever you put it asset inside the uh, blockchain is earning some. Uh, interest and over time it repays the loan so it's called self-repaying loans yeah mm. yeah i'm not mm. i don't know if i get it but i mean like so they give you money you buy a house like are they you know they're like we put your house on airbnb you know no no they, they put your original asset you you take out your loan your loan you can use your loan to pay to buy house but however your original you need to put something in there first, right? It's not, so it's not based on your like credit history, your trustworthiness. You don't need to go through bank to approve your loan, right? You just go here, you just deposit your like, for example, you have maybe uh, one or two Bitcoins. Say, okay, I want depositing these one or two Bitcoins in in your blockchain, right? In your company. And then I can take out maybe one equ- equivalent of one Bitcoin like, like amount of money. Right, mm-hmm. I can use that money to do stuff, like to do stuff in the real world, right? So yeah, and then your and then your asset is sitting in the blockchain, but they can use your by generating interest, and over time, those interest actually repays in the loan. The reason that the interest is high because is is one thing is is crypto, and then you don't actually you don't have these like, intermediaries to to recruit a lot of costs, so it's very I guess uh, is is so there's a lot of savings over time, so you don't need yeah. So that was a basic idea, yeah. 
So it's okay. not like it's not like they put your house say as as a collateral or anything. Yeah. Right, right, right. I see. Okay. So basically, I mean, they're you know they'll give you if you have a hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin, they'll give you a hundred thousand dollars, and then they'll use the Bitcoin while you like for some period of time to earn a hundred thousand extra. Then they return the Bitcoin to you. Is that the idea? Um, yeah, I think you can take it out and you can take it out and then, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So I think this, I think you can, if you 100 Bitcoin, I think you can only, they only allow you to do like 50 Bitcoin amount of equivalent loan. They don't do you, they don't allow you to do the full amount. But anyway, that's just technical stuff. Something that I, yeah. But okay. that was the basic idea, right? Put something in, you know, you can, anyway. Okay. So, I mean, just something, the idea of self-repaying loan is quite interesting to me, right? So. So the core, all right, I'm going to start, you know, getting not combative is the right term. I guess, you know, I'm just going to start throwing some hard questions here. So so the core advantage you're saying is by doing these sort of, the people are trying to reproduce financial instruments kind of decentralized with with cryptocurrency as like the base, right? Is Mm -hmm. that correct? Say again? People are kind of trying to re-implement some of the things financial institutions do. But yes. in a decentralized manner mm-hmm. using cryptocurrencies. Blockchain and, specifically, yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying is, oh, we're removing the cost of these large banks that have physical branches and stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, that's definitely understand the idea of saying like, well, with modern tech, can we sort of disrupt this market that had these old large institutions that might be inefficient? Mm-hmm. But there are new online banks being made that seem to me would fill this role better because they they don't have physical branches or these large costs like cost of the sort of old school institutions mm-hmm. but they're not but they're not using blockchain sort of assets they're just doing normal what normal banks do right mm-hmm. um, so these do exist like new online banks are being started up mm-hmm. you know so what's the advantage so I guess you know what's the argument? You know, why would I want to go with the blockchain version? So, yeah, I think the main thing is, again, is even that is an intermediary, right? So you don't, the whole idea is remove that. I think the main event, of course, it's going to be a lot of disadvantages, but the main advantage to remove this intermediary, even if it's just online bank, right? So you don't, now even right now, if you, uh, to apply a loan, right? to even it's online, right? You still need to go through like your credit history, you prove that you need some person need to approve the room for you. Right? Yeah, but, but here for you're saying, crypt- yeah. crypto you don't need to be approved, right? Okay. So you, you don't be need anonymous. a good credit good credit yeah. history, but you're saying you need to give a couple of bitcoins, which is tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Um worth of an asset you need to give mm-hmm. it to another company right yeah. i mean mm-hmm. you're still going through like i mean these comp they they are an intermediary right you're working with other companies yeah. just in a different way and i mean that they're doing it in a different way mm-hmm. so if you want you know we'd say it's actually better okay but like i this also came up last time we talked about blockchain early on in our mm-hmm. podcast where uh the guest she was it c c mm-hmm. um he was like he asked, he asked the question, he's like, can, can I sell my Bitcoin, you know, just on my own? And the answer was no, you have to go through, what is it, the miners that like, you know, 
uh, they're like kind of the nodes within the decentralized network that like you are, yeah you do uh, ghost kind of is, uh, exchange now you can sell yeah. like probably uh, Coinbase or you know like but net, yeah actually, so net, so in the end it's like well aren't you just going through intermediaries either way so yes so that's uh so that's uh things going on in that area as well something called decentralized exchange you can actually exchange your like you have different tokens. I can crypto. You can change with another peer-to-peer like uh, exchange. Something called this one. The biggest one is called Uniswap. So you and I swap. So it basically the idea is that one person can another person is swapping. Like and the difference between that is like coin, like Robinhood, right? Is the intermediary. You need to go there by the they do the coordination between the trades. But by Uniswap, you actually there's no. Then they don't do that. And they just uh, one person can swap token with another person, basically, right? So you, you you still go through that Uniswap like the intermediary, the exchange. It's still you still need to go through that blockchain, right? But that's uh, actually net directly going to something. So Uniswap actually is kind of related idea. So instead of one person, like founder, like for example, you, in the beginning you have someone like few like programmer developers create this like exchange like Uniswap, right? Mm-hmm. But over time actually these they are evolving into something called DAO, like decentralized autonomous autonomous organizations. Right. And there's another related concept, uh another big big concept as well, which is like it's gonna be controlled in the future and is uh over time these actually Uniswap, this decentralized exchange is are not gonna be controlled by a company is not going to be controlled by a, a few person actually, and a few developers. It's going to be controlled by all everybody that owns some token, a uni token in a Uniswap, right? So these these uh like this community actually have tokens can vote and dis- making decisions for this basic company, right? So it's, it, it's that's why it's called autonomous autonomous organizations, right? So it's going to be the decisions is not going to be holding up by board member or company, right? It's going to be by the community, whoever involved. Yeah. Mm. So that was, yeah, that's kind of related. Yeah. So all these, all these are like any kind of crypto company, a lot of they, what they try to do is they, over time, they try to get in, became a DAO basically. Yeah. I know it's a little bit complicated. <laughs> crazy kind of thing out there but but yeah, someone's still got to run but these, these, servers, these, right? these like, are the, these yeah these are earlier earlier uh like additions of these applications but as you mentioned you say you say someone need to run servers right yeah yeah but since but so so fundamentally that's what so all these applications decentralized finance they are running on something called ethereum and ethereum is different between bitcoin is uh is uh, is is a blockchain. So you have blockchain have it's running on different on this a network of computers, right? So you could have a like for example, any anybody can run an Ethereum network network an Ethereum node in their own home. Right. So mm-hmm. these everybody actually is helping this running these servers in a way. Now it's almost like a global universe, universal computer in a way, is in a network, right? So you don't have a central that's one thing about decentralized blockchain. You don't have a central server that is collecting all this like, data, control everything, right? Mm. It's all decentralized. Yeah. Mm. 
So then that's one thing about, yeah, the, whoever is running a server question. But yeah, but in, in the beginning, you do have some, a few developers that is designing these, like coding this stuff up, right? So yeah. Hold on. This might be an important call. I'm going to okay. mute myself. Sorry. No, and then that's why we're not doing it live. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, yeah, I guess I just have questions about like, what is the uh, like? I guess oh, that's oh, sorry. It was a call from Church Attack, but it was a G10s alert nonsense. What was the so. alert? Uh, Louisiana? No, Hurricane? I think it was some crime thing. I I didn't listen to it. Oh boy, what crime? Oh okay. The GTPD, you know, had a crime nearby on campus. And... Oh no. Anyway, right. sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. We might have to put this in there too. <laughs> Yeah, I forgot to hear about Louisiana hurricane. Is it coming to your place? Yeah, yeah. No, my family has left. So we just got to wait and see oh, what happens. Your family evacuated? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. I think. And then, then you can cut to the clap I'm about to do. And then yeah, we'll yeah. go back to the topic. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go oh, so, what are you talking about before we got distracted? We were talking about like Ethereum. How decentralized crypto really is. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So that's that's what the blockchain is. Is the whole idea is decentralized, decentralized, and there's no central server that keep record of the blockchain, like approving the blockchain, validating the blockchain, basically, right? So right. I guess I mean, there's like I feel like a lot of the companies that are using like. Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are in a way trying to exploit or like trying to do a similar thing that I would contend is good. Like centralization does well, right? It's like Mm -hmm. when people all are storing their money with someone like a bank, then they can like, it's very easy to lend to people. Like, are Mm -hmm. you like people know who to go to, to get money, to start a business, like buy a Mm -hmm. house, like make investments like Mm -hmm. so i guess is it like (laughs) is totally decentralized like i mean like we yeah like we could have totally decentralized like money like Mm -hmm. everyone withdraws every cent they have from banks and we hand each other cash like that's not really you hand people yeah cryptocurrencies well well mike's saying you could have decentralized without crypto if we just hand cash right but then if you're upset that that's too centralized because the federal government controls it we start we go back to gold coins right like right yeah so you basically you you, you're going backward now (laughs) so so i'm now jumping in on mike's point are we is crypto going backwards (laughs) what do you mean going backward how do you get going backward just uh you know losing some of the advantages of having a centralized you know universally recognized currency system Mm. because okay so because like like banks are nice right like they give me a lot of guarantee they give me a lot of services guarantees features right Mm -hmm. yeah like that i don't have to so i i don't i don't worry ever about my money being lost it's like not Mm -hmm. possible like they people can't steal my money that I have in a bank. I can pay off a credit card 
And I know I have a bunch of security features and they can, mm-hmm. well, even if it does get stolen, someone spins it on it. I can just be like, Hey, I didn't do yeah. that. And they'll yeah, cancel yeah, it all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, you can get loans as Mike says, like, you know, you yeah. can get loans and stuff of credit cards, like you get credit. Yeah. Um, you know, you can get a decent amount of credit and if you pay it back pretty quickly, you pay, you'll pay nothing on it. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of advantages that the banks give you. Yeah, exactly. And that's why not everybody jumping on the bandwagon of crypto, like decentralized finance right now. But mm-hmm. these are just a few like, app- applications are emerging right now. Still, these are still very, very early days, right? So in these, the stuff we're talking about today could just go to, I don't know, zero tomorrow, right? So, mm-hmm. so it's very... These are just interesting ideas that we just uh, that is, that's people are coming up with. Like, how can we use blockchain, right? So I don't think the, the blockchain have really find found a killer app yet, right? But mm. still, but there's a lot of things that are going on in this space, right? People are mm. creating, innovating. So that's why I find it very interesting, and exciting. Now, every day, you know, the, even the experts having a hard time like, keeping up with like what's going on in this space, right? So, so yeah. yeah. I mean, and obviously, I, oh, sorry, you go, Mike. Well, this is, okay. I, I mean, this is getting a little off topic, but I was just going to say, like, in my mind, like, crypto, like, I, I think crypto has applications, but to me, it's more like, I don't know. I don't know. I buy as much as the intermediary argument as much as just like the, like, privacy argument, like, or, you know, like, mm. it, it allows you to be sort of, you know, anonymous. Anonymous, yeah. Yeah. So. So the dark web of finance. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's not, like, obviously, like, it, it goes beyond, like, I think it can go beyond just, you know, buying drugs and guns online. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think it, like, it can help, like, in theory, it could help people, like, be less tracked with their purchases if they worry about that type of stuff. Or, I mean, just, like, stuff you wouldn't necessarily want people to know like and it even beyond illegal stuff there may be stuff you want to buy where you're like i don't want people to know i'm buying this so, mm. so. yeah no i was gonna say i mean in you so there's all this stuff that's you know being developed innovation and i mean right. like in any time so there's i'm a meeting new space, myself but... for one minute <laughs> okay like anytime there's an innovation a new space like the vast majority of the stuff goes um turns out to not be good right fails mm-hmm. yeah but uh, so but you know there is a possibility that something the killer app as you called it or like some very like very useful popular thing comes out of it yeah but i i kind of agree with mike i imagine something will persist long term mm-hmm. there's going to be some bitcoin or bitcoin equivalent mm-hmm. but i'm not i'm still very skeptical about it taking over mainstream finance really like it's mm. hard for me to see the advantages um, and advantages that can't be quickly gained back by um, when applied to a more traditional system, right? Like I mm-hmm. said, like, like you know, you can have very lean online bank companies that take some of these advantages without worrying about the crypto problem, mm-hmm. you know, having yeah. to, you know, design a blockchain or algorithm and whatnot. They just use yeah. normal money, which most people, at least right now, would be rather work with, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I personally, right, right now, I'm much. I think I will trust uh, the banks are more, right, because they're you know big institutions, right. So they're not going to fail anytime soon. Until you have nice like, things happening, like 2008, you know, 
they mm-hmm. bail out, the bank start fading. Mm-hmm. But and we know that was an order as we talked about in the message earlier, right? And that was an original motivation of the you know, Bitcoin blockchain, right? So I mean, and it sounds noble, but in the end, mm-hmm. like long term, was that a big deal? The two thousand eight recession, like in terms of like banks and our financial systems, like. I guess for people that was hurt, hurt a lot. Yeah, I guess. But for you and me, I guess we didn't, it did not really impact us, but you know, some I guess, people were, yeah. I guess, yeah, I guess mine was more in terms of like, like the financial system. I mean, it, it, I guess I would say like it, I mean, we were young during this, mm-hmm. so I can't say we were, uh, you know, incredibly knowledgeable about what was going on, but it seems like it had what I would say like a stutter, but you know, the, I know, so like the, the government, like basically they, they did the bailout, but most of those bailouts, the government got all the money back. I mean, we'd have to get to specific, but like with the TARP toxic asset relief program, the government like bought these toxic assets and then they actually made like a slight profit on it, I believe. Mm-hmm. And some people say, oh, well, after inflation, they could have used that money and made more. So there's still a cost, but like, yeah. like, if, you know, it's obviously not ideal. And now people have, you know, I don't know what they changed afterwards to try to avoid it. I think people at least tried to make changes to the rules to avoid a repeat of that situation. But like, like, I mean, we've had sick, like there, there's, there were cyclical markets hundreds of years ago, like 200 years ago, right? You had cycles of like crashes and booms that were inherent Mm -hmm. to the markets. And in modern times, you've actually, we've made things more stable, um, not less. So yeah, I think I think yeah. In the future, I think these not centralized going to be still going to be exist, right? But I think these decentralized provide a good alternative, right? So mm. I think they provide a good alternative where, like you know, people that cannot go, maybe doesn't want to deal with the centralization or tie of it, you know, they could there's a different alternative to put where the money to put their money, right? So. And then they, you know, I don't know, they may, maybe, there may be other innovations that actually maybe provide a lot of advantages of doing it. So, yeah, and I, and I, I guess Mike said earlier, and I, initially it's dark web, right? So autonomous money laundering, illegal stuff, right? So I still, anyway. you know, it still makes me nervous about the lack of nothing's mm. grounding the value of cryptocurrencies, which are most of these are pretty much all these things are based off of right Mm -hmm. like and without without some grounding it's very much you know if people just decide it's not worth anything it's not worth anything but the u.s government basically guarantees that your dollar is worth Mm -hmm. a reasonable amount of money yeah you know there there are guarantees built in well you yeah and right now you trust you so that's what our Tom's organization is, right? You trust the government, right? Now the central intermediate intermediate government, uh-huh. right? Now in the future, if you like the mean stocks, right? Demonstrated already, right? Means if you have enough group of people and believe in something, right? That's what money is, right? If enough people trust in this something, it but, is value has value. So yeah. But so like the meme stocks, like like what GameStop. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just saying these, I mean, that just demonstrate, it doesn't mean that GameStop is sustainable. I'm just saying that mm-hmm. it's the power of the, like, the enough people like, believe in something and you can generate value from enough people believing in something. See, I feel like that's exactly what 
if you're trying to argue for cryptocurrency, I feel like that's exactly what you should be avoiding. Like, that's you. like, like the, the speculative bubble, right? Like, yeah. is that all cryptocurrency is? Cause when, cause value that, well, I mean, the old, the oldest example, you ever hear about the Dutch tulips? Yeah. Tulip yeah. Yeah. The bubble, yeah. 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 Like, so like, there's one know, example the, yeah. of a speculative bubble, right? Like yeah. people just, the price climbs up and people think it's going to keep going up. So they keep buying and it keeps going up. Right. Yeah. But without anything underlying value, uh, you know, eventually this bubble pops and maybe some people look, some people make oh, money. So, what, every so time what's, under, what's the under value? What's the underlying value of gold? It's just a rock, right? And gold has a lot of uses. For what? Jewelry, computers. Yeah, <laughs> those jewelry. are too important. <laughs> jewelry, like just what's jewelry? Jewelry, just you know, something like does it has utility? Does jewelry has utility? Yes, it provides utility to people. That's why they get it. <laughs> yeah, because people put value in it, right? In the first yeah. place. Otherwise, it's well, okay. But they use it. Assume, I mean, they, they literally use it for something. Yeah, right? then they assume go is has value so they put it as a jewelry if gold has no value that trash a metal aluminum why would you put aluminum on your neck right I so mean, i mean I I'm, I'm, I'm saying that gold is because there's a but consensus people do, do people make jewelry out of other metals than gold yeah you don't have to make jewelry out of gold so yeah but there's different value right but a lot of people put value like equate gold to money because they think this is valuable, right? Because they believe this is valuable. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, ultimately, what, that's what money is, right? It's a collective belief. Yeah, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, that's so. Fine. So if you have enough people believing... gold's believe not in, money. What? Gold's not money. Well, it used to be money. It, I guess you could say it used to be used as money, but, but gold's it's still not money. money, right? Still, right now, a lot of people, like, when they try to like, have a... Like, when they try to maybe... A country is going like going down a drain, or sometimes they maybe in the U.S. currency is going down, right? A lot of people switch to gold, right? Yeah, but it's an asset. Y- y- yeah, it's it, not well, money. It's, yeah, it's it's not using for exchange right now, right? It's to store value, right? Right. Well, right I can now, but... I can buy a house to store value. That doesn't make house money, right? Like gold yeah. is an asset. It's a physical resource that we have mm-hmm. uses for. Some of which you may say has no practical purpose but someone wanting to wear jewelry is still a physical use computers Mm -hmm. use a lot of gold as well and that's actually pretty important in the modern age so gold is a physical resource with actual value that ensures it's going to be like may look maybe if everyone stopped caring about gold jewelry would the price of gold go down yes but like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't disappear right like it's gonna have value like you know money like currency you know, doesn't, right? Like there's, it's, it's not an asset is the difference is that there's no physical purpose of it beyond the fact that we exchange it with each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a tool. Yeah. So like, <laughs> you, you're talking about money, right? Currency. Right. It's no value. And that's what you say. Right. But yeah, but like, you know, but the U S government, I guess what I, I mean, we've just kind of circled here. I'm not sure where, <laughs> where we're going with here, but I mean, my know. point is money is a collective belief. That's mm-hmm. what it is. That's what I'm just saying. If you have I mean, enough people <laughs> believing that, okay, I agree. I'm saying that if enough people agree that we're going to use this as a exchange, exchange of goods, and that's money, right? Yeah. If, that's if, fair enough. if suddenly tomorrow you wake up, okay, we want to use house as a currency of exchange. Yeah, we could do that. 
but you know, it's gonna be hard, right? Now you and it's me, right? we can just exchange it, right? Okay, I'm gonna exchange this for my house with something for you, right? We can do it, right? Well, that's a, that's bartering, right? At yeah, that point, exactly. I mean, that's what money is, right? <laughs> no, money's <laughs> not bartering. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And that's, well, I think we're going too much into uh, diverge, too much. Uh, I, I agree. I think so. The central point is, I'm just, I'm just concerned because because crypto doesn't seem to have any value beyond value. what people intrinsic value. That's a good way of yeah. point. It doesn't seem to have intrinsic value. It ha- it's very much strictly, uh, you know because people believe it's going to have value tomorrow and you know and i mean i don't think there's no one who really knows right will 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 crypto be around in 30 years or will it vanish because everyone realizes it's like pointless like yeah, we, we don't know yeah yeah but we don't know that yeah. makes me nervous yeah yeah it should be you should you should make it nervous actually <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's why that's why i'm not putting all my accent into bitcoin right cuz uh-huh. it's super risky right it could go to zero tomorrow yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that's very point. Yeah, and that's why Charlie Munger hates Bitcoin, right? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it, but I also believe like a diver- like I think the modern world has shown like a diversity of like payment options is desirable, right? Mm. If those payment options like like offer yeah. different things, like I'll use my American Express card, you know, to buy like an airline ticket because they you know, offer me perks, extra perks for using their way of paying. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and it's like at some places, like some places will offer you like discounts if you like, I I mean, this is a poor example because I don't even know if this is true, but like places used to offer like, oh, like if you pay cash, it's like a little less because they didn't have to like. Pay the fees. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I mean, I wonder if like if Bitcoin offers the, that element of like, I can use cat, like it's a, like a cash type transaction, like, but online. So you want, you, you would not use any, nobody's proposing using Bitcoin to buy stuff. It's going to be, it's, it is a store exchange, right? So that's why people create these different coins, like stable coin. You can use those to do exchanges, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, um, so I think we, we talk about an autonomous, a dis, another big concept I think we did not emphasize on is the decentralized autonomous organizations, right? Is try to basically decentralize companies like corporations, basically, right? So you- You mentioned them, but yeah. Yeah, we mentioned it, but I did not really go through it. But I think that we, we, I think we got a basic concept, so we don't really get into it. But there's another, that is another, so- so the first one, the big a big things going on is decentralized finance, right? And the other one is to decentralize organizations. So that's why is is decentralized governance, right? So you a company, right? Right now is controlled by board members, uh, CEO, all this stuff. Like government is controlled by all these senators, all the other stuff. So decentralized organizations try to make it this basically in this organization decentralized. So the people are gonna have whole some kind of like tokens and stuff like that and so they can like vote like how 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 to basically making decisions of what organizations you get into right basically right so yeah so another one example of that is something called flamingo flamingo dao so it's an autonomous organization created to like to buy nfts so there's no so so the decision making like for example, for this company called Flamingo Dow, 
like to purchase NFT is made by all the members, right? The members basically vote on which token to buy, basically, right? So this is just a, still a very early example right now. So it's still in a very early stage, but that's one of the examples, right? Right. So, if, so for example, right now you could create a, I don't know, a DAO for yourself, and then you can, if you have enough members, you can make a decision on what to do. Like for example, this podcast or something, right? So I don't know. So, but it's just like a pure democracy of a business. Um, kind of, but whoever hosts, so yeah, there's a lot of disadvantages and arguments against it too, right? So, right now it depends how you design it, right? So right now I think a lot of DAO just have enough, like whoever holds most tokens. So basically, your your vote is weighted by how many tokens you hold, right? So the more money you put in in there, there's, you have more like, skin in the game, so you have more say, basically, right? So so basically, you create so organizations not, and you yeah. sell tokens, which are yes. like kind of like cryptocurrency ownership. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying this sounds a lot like a stock, right? Like you buy yes. a stock, and then you the more stock you have, the more voting rights you have for a company. And but board members yeah. probably have a lot of stock. So. Yeah. So the board, <laughs> I mean, right now the company has still the decision, final decision making is still made by the CEO and the board members, right? right? The board yeah. still can well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, in a way is like, I feel like the argument like, oh, boards are bad because like, oh, they're beholden to stockholders. So they don't, mm-hmm. they often like, you know, will, you know, lay off people or not be as innovative as they could be because it's, cheaper and they're making tons of money just like keeping the status quo like a, like you know the yeah, iphone have, 13 is the same as the 12 you know yeah that type <laughs> of idea they have they, they have some incentives are not not aligned with the com- people like stakeholders right so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so so basically DAOs are you know st- stocks but applied with but like the crypt- blockchain version of stocks would that be mm-hmm. accurate to say yeah, I could, yeah, it's, it's yeah. So, so that's that's what made me think about it too. Now, you, right now, you have shareholders have stocks, right? They can have some voting power, right? But DAO, these the member had a lot more say, basically, right? Community had a lot more uh, power in governance. Is it intended for people to be able to sell their tokens of ownership of these companies? Like, is that the point, mm-hmm. or is the intention for people like to just hold on and control? You know, guide the organization as they see fit i think the goal is is to do that but a lot sometimes you can sell it too i think at the same time mm-hmm. right so you are more valuable right so if you if the value goes up it's harder for you to leave right because you have stake in the game already right mm. yeah so another thing about dial i find it very interesting about cryptocurrency is that so what so there's something that if if, if, for example, like if you buy the token, you own like a member of a DAO, right? So what happens? What happens if some something goes bad, right? So what happens if something goes bad that you can a lot of people actually leave the community, and they switch, they create another DAO, and they could create another one that actually, basically, like new organization, basically, right? So there's so if there's a bad player, like for example, someone owns like ninety percent, ninety percent of token, you try to control this DAO, right? Mm. Only other member can just leave, right? If there's no, if you, if there's, if, if DAO only one member is not really a DAO anymore, right? So you don't really have enough power anymore. So the member, if they really, and if they really hate it, you know, they could move to another one. 
And then the, the way they do it is because like blockchain uh, is very open source, right? It's open source code. Anybody can fork it, right? So uh, Mike, can you explain, or Matt, can you explain what forking is? Basically, cop. it's basically just copy the code and make your own version, right? Exactly. So exactly. you can tweak it and then yeah. run what you want. Yeah, so that, so that's why there's so many like, different applicate that version of blockchains out there right now because it's so easy for you to just copy it, right? And then make your own organization like blockchain out of it, right? So if and then you can just move all your member over there, basically, right? So mm. so there's one interesting case called Uni. I think we talked about Uniswap earlier. Uni Uniswap uh, is a decentralized exchange, right? And someone someone actually copied that fork it and then create something called sushi swap. <laughs> so anyway, it's sushi swap. So it's called sushi. So they got sushi tokens. It's pretty interesting too. So they create a, a sushi version of Uniswap. And then actually a lot of people using that right now, like move their money to sushi swap to, to do exchanges. So anyway, it's interesting. I That's another important, interest, I guess, interesting uh, idea about uh fact about i guess blockchains that a lot of people you can just like fork it right if something that you don't like what the existing organization so because i mean because anybody can actually it's all open source so you can go you can actually read a code right now like what's running on like how the code you can see that what's running on uniswap or any other stuff so yeah now anyone any anybody can like audit it examine it if something like to figure out or maybe something fishy is going on too sometimes but yeah oh. Open source is good. Open source is useful. I like open source. But, you know, I mean, isn't this like, again, I don't mean to be negative all the time because I'm, I'm, I'm going to be very excited if you, when you one day be like, here's like the big thing that like blockchain is doing that's very useful. But like the fact that anyone can just fork it and make their own cryptocurrency, DAO, yeah. NFT, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't that kind of part of one of the reasons I think people are skeptical about the value is because there's literally thousands of thousands of crypto coins out now, besides yeah. for, you know, a few, you know, the early ones that got off the lead, like mm-hmm. Bitcoin, especially yeah. like, you know, how do you identify what's going to be the one that holds a value? Right. Cause if, if you, you just you don't make know. your own, yeah. like it, again, it's all decentralized, right? So yeah. like, if you can just say, Oh, I'll just make my own, you know, if you, people do gather to yours, that means the ones they came from lose value. If, uh, you know, if they don't, you don't have any value, right? Like it's yeah. all. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 all... it's crazy on there right now. Like Dogecoin right, originally created as a joke, right? Yeah. So now, now it, the it became more... a mean, yeah, mean yeah. token, right? So you don't know which one's going to go up. It's just right now, currently, it's just if it, there's enough people believing it, it will go out in value. So, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. right now, you know, it's a really crazy time. So yeah, it's, it's it could go to zero again tomorrow. So, mm. yeah. but yeah, yeah, those are fair points. But I don't. I guess, guess. I mean, at this point, I feel like I don't think Bitcoin is going to go to zero. But no. I feel like yeah. I feel like it's more like like I say. I think there will be a couple of cryptocurrencies that will do certain things well, whether it be like privacy or whatever, and like the community will like sustain those but yeah, yeah. I mean, so anyway yeah my you're right i think it's probably not gonna go to zero and 
as to Matt's point about like, you know, all stuff are going on crazy. You know, anybody can just create their own currency. Yeah, true. But but anyway, this space is very interesting right now. So that's why I would just I just want to pay attention to it, see what's going on, talk about it, you know, teach myself. Yeah, no, it's so, just, I thought NFTs were still the hot new thing, but now I realize actually, that's no. old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it's it, DAO isn't a new hot thing, but I mean actually meta were metaverse have you heard of the things about metaverse Mm -mm. i think we were not going to go into it i'm going to study more but in the future we're going to go into it metaverse is you know what metaverse is right like comic books no no metaverse is basically so so you have different you it's a single universe in a virtual and physical space it's kind of merging between physical and virtual and at the same time there's a different universe for example now you have like blizzard and i create different games right and then you can cross over to the other game so you have one thing in like maybe Fortnite, you can transition to another game now you have some kind of weapon or something you can transition to the other uh mm, the other mm. game so that's so right now there's a movement trying to create a metaverse you can have like nfts in there on the artworks and on the stuff like weapons from different games, you own something, you know, your digital asset can trans- transfer between different digital assets, right? And mm-hmm. actually, Facebook recently just, I think, uh, Matt, I mean, Zuckerberg just announced, have a meeting, say, the future of Facebook is going to be is metaverse. So they're going to actually focus on, tra- instead of just like social network connecting everybody, right? They're going to try to move into meta, metaverse, right? Using, of course, probably with their like, virtual, like, uh, virtual, uh, virtual reality goggle stuff they have. Anyway, stuff like that. So Facebook is getting into metaverse as well. So, and then the key building block is the blockchain underneath it, right? So I, I got to go into that in the future. But not today. <laughs> All right. We'll have to have an episode of Metaverse. Yeah. For Metaverse, you might need to bring in videos. Well, this is still a podcast, so people have to be able <laughs> yeah. to listen. So right. I can't. I feel like at this point, we need videos. Of, no, <laughs> like, they, they well, can, people can describe it. You can describe well, it, and people well, can look work. it up themselves. Then, well, this episode is not live right now, but I mean, like, we usually are live on YouTube and Facebook, and you can share a screen. Yeah, you could. Yeah, but, but like, in theory... People are supposed to be able to listen to it and get yeah. everything. So relying on a video might Fair. be bad. Anyway, they, they just need to wait for the future. Anyway, so um, using their imagination. Oh. So, so, so we talk about decentralized finance, also decentralized like companies and government maybe potentially in these organizations. So my question for you guys is what else should be decentralized? What do you think? Besides for currency? Yeah, like finance, right? Like banks, government, company, organizations. Is there any else that you think that should be decentralized? That maybe there's a some, somehow we can remove the intermediary. I don't know. I don't I can... think. I, I oh, well, okay. I was just gonna say, like, I think centralization is on a continuum, and neither extreme is good for anything. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Now we. Which one, what should have a decentralized alternative, I guess? Decentralized version that maybe, you know. Zoning. Zoning. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. So then, then, then that's that's good. Then that's a good example of actually you since you were talking about housing, right? Zoning, like local making the decision, right? If you can create a DAO out of that, you know, then everybody have a vote. Then whoever they decide, you know, might mm-hmm. be good. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, right that. now, I think you mentioned the zoning right now is because there's only very few people participate, like going to a zoning meeting or something, right? That's one of the issues. But I think yeah. a lot of people talk about the locality of the decision making as one of the things that creates the problems. Mm. Right? Because if if you need something built, but everyone mm. says, well, we don't want it built by me, then it never gets built. Mm. Even if even if people are better off with it, right? So yeah. But yeah, so maybe that was more of a joke. But what what are you alluding to? All right, what's the big thing that has? Oh, I don't know. Place? I you I actually know. try to try to see what you guys think because I try to figure out like what is being overlooked by on other people right now, right? And that's what I try to see, mm. right? Because like okay, decentralized. Everybody's focus is on decentralized finance right now, and then DAO, and all these like, NFT artwork and stuff like that. Like uh, NFT is a little bit different, right? It's it's like uh, non-fungible, right? Just unique thing, right? But I was wondering, like, what other application or what other things in can we using blockchain for, right? So, yeah. Anyway, you don't have to give answer right now, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I just. I mean, it's it's sort of. I mean, I feel like it's hard because I mean, whenever you talk about like. I mean, you can talk about the brain, right? Like the brain is just billions of uh like mini decentralized transactions okay but it's me at a different level <laughs> you're getting well, of course you can see the philosophical level here mike that i think she you was can going see for. yes you can you can see the whole universe as a as a human being inside one body, right? Now, your whole universe as exactly. one thing. Well, that's what I mean. So, well, that's what I mean when we talk about, like, what is decentralization? Like, how far do we want to take it? Like, do we want to just be in a state of nature? Or do we want, mm-hmm. like, obviously that isn't good. But, like, do we just want, like, we also don't want, like, the government to control our oil. <laughs> mm. You know? So, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, taking this in a lot of directions. <laughs> well, it's, it's but decent. no, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I get you're saying a lot of it's like I mean, even in with the same amount of decentralization, it's a lot of it's like what do you view it as? Like how do you it's like the frame you view it from? Right, right. All right, all right. I think that's uh, that's good. I think we might need going to go into that next time. <laughs> all right, hold on, sure. I got an example though. We we're talking about forking code. When it when when are they gonna have blockchains for software so that open source things can be tracked and owned you know that way you can have open source code but it's still owned by someone what do you mean like blockchain tracking software oh so someone right reading wrote a code yeah and then using blockchain to keep who wrote it is that what you say who owned well, it you said what could be like decentralized ownership sort of things right mm. i guess could like want, I guess it'd be like an NFT for code, right? Like, so that you say, Oh, I own this open source code, but, mm. and then but, maybe if people want to edit it, they pay you or something. I don't know. This isn't a serious idea. Actually, <laughs> I was they, just throwing that out. They, yeah. they do have something similar, not, not like that already, something called gener- generative art, right? So basically, right now, NFT, like someone create a painting, you convert it into a digital image. 
you put NFT on it, it became an NFT, right? Now, actually, a lot of people like create something called generative art. That means that when you purchase it, is the something there's a computer algorithm code actually running behind it. So mm. when when you when you click the buy buy an NFT, you actually it generate creates. an R for you, and then you mm. own that R, and then that R is associated with a piece of code, right? Because in that instant, the code changes or something like that. Do different kind of mathematical computations, and it could be a music, it could be art. That's could one be a Minecraft world. Yeah, stuff like that, right? So, um, so it's, it's so yeah. So you, actually, when you buy it, you don't know what you're gonna get, right? So that's generative, right? So actually, this is the craziest things going on in NFT right now, and I wasn't going to go into it because uh, that's a different topic. So yeah, so so yeah, but there's something like that is going on. So it's not you, you almost like own a piece of code, right? Yeah, similar idea, right? Mm. And cool, cool, cool. All right, enough of that. I think the last thing I want to get into is something called a Chia Chia Network, C H I A. Actually, it's called crypto farming, right? Have you? I assume you guys haven't heard it before, right? Crypto farming. Mm, you heard of mining, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like Bitcoin mining, right? Crypto mining. But <laughs> this is so. So the main criticism of Bitcoin mining is energy, right? Using a lot of power. So crypto farming. So Chia, what they do is instead of using like your compute, computer to do computation, to run computation, to do proof of work. They're actually using something called uh, proof of space and time. So the idea is using your uh, like unused like uh, hardware, not hardware, hard drive on your computer to prove to prove and the validation to validate the the, the the blockchain network basically. So instead of using doing computation, they're using your so instead of using your computer to run CPUs, right, to, to do computation, you can actually mine farm. They call it farming because you, you can basically using your spare hard drive and home in your computer to, to do this farming basically. Then you basically earn uh, like currents, cryptocurrency, like cheer tokens based on how much space you have uh, on your how, how much spare and hard drive on your computer, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So there's an alternative to to address the problem with like, mining, the energy costs, right? Mm-hmm. So I I like this project because actually it's created some created by Brent Cohen, right? He's he was the invent he was inventor he was the creator of the BitTorrent, right? Uh, so yeah. everybody know BitTorrent, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so. So that comes to the point of like sometimes when you like look in like crypt- cryptocurrency and like crypto and like projects and stuff like that, you know, you have to look at like who is behind it, right? And I feel like Brand Cohen, you know, since he created BitTorrent, right? He made probably made a lot of money already and he know the he know what he's doing. He has a lot of credibility. So that's why I I would put a lot of more like trust in what he does, like cheer network basically, right? So Mm-hmm. No, so, yes, yeah. this is yeah. a good, and it's a good idea, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it very clearly, it very clearly matches what Bitcoin does with, you know, proof of work, proof of space, computational power, you know, expending computation to mine coins, expending space to farm coins. It's a clever <laughs> name calling it farming <laughs> instead of mining because it's more energy efficient. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, this is good. I might, I might actually buy some Chia coins. Is it out yet? I think it is. But why don't you just set up your hot? Why don't you buy some computer, like actual hard drive to farm? That I think you learn a lot more from that. Doing that. I mean, maybe you can go to the website, download the download the code, run it, or you can, you know, I don't know, read the white paper, white paper and stuff. So I think you learn a lot more from instead of just buying it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't really care. I I got enough. <laughs> work and interest in my life already i don't need to get into i don't want to get into crypto okay okay, but i could i mean this compared to most of this seems like it has a good grounding right because i mean it has a it it takes something you know it has a very concrete benefit Mm -hmm. over bitcoin you know unless they're hiding there might be some negative they're hiding yeah absolutely there's there's probably always some disadvantages you know people are going to point it out but any i think there's a beginning of like alternative to mining yeah I mean, would the disadvantages just be that the transaction time is longer? Essentially, like... I'm not sure. Would it be longer? I mean, doing the computation versus scanning the hard drive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure, but we'll see. They just no. launched recent, recently, I think. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I think that's a... Oh, I have for today... All right. Well, I think long story short, I'm going to Google, can I buy Chia coins? <laughs> I'll let other people farm them. And I'll, I mean, because who really made the most money on Bitcoin, right? People who are mining or people who just bought like 100 when they're early and cheap and then waited till they turn into tens of thousands of dollars, right? Well, original people who mine it, you know, and they... They got an original cost, right? It's very the early days, right? It's still very cheap. So, mm-hmm. huh. oh, all right, all right. So, I don't know what to say because we are no, we're not live this episode. So, yeah. So you can, I don't know, have your end point. Whatever. I thought you, you have, you would try to come up with some kind of the what do you call that, the end code. Or outer outro something like that. Outro. Uh, no. So let's just summarize what you talked about. In the end, there's a lot of people are trying to implement a lot of different things, sort of on the blockchain base, mm. and uh, and most of them will fail and be pointless. But there's probably going to be a few that have a meaningful impact, mm. and we'll mm. uh, you know keep monitoring. She will keep monitoring to tell us when <laughs> when one stand out. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I was going to say, we'll keep monitoring, but I will not be monitoring. I'll wait for you to tell us. <laughs> yeah, so the whole idea, well, I, as I say, I find it very interesting because I feel like I'm learning a lot of stuff in there. Like just Even just the, the, the concept of money, right? In the beginning, I don't really know what the concept of money until I try to figure out, understand like, why Bitcoin is working, right? Well, what's going on here? Why is it worth so much, right? Then when you dig deeper, you say, okay, what well, money is on the other related concept, you kind of understand whatever is around you a little bit better and then also i think uh, some people point out right if you believe the future is you no know, the money the future the currency the future of currency is digital right it's going to be some kind of critical currency right so mm-hmm. if you believe in the future of currency digital then you know find some i don't know get to know get try to understand crypto a little bit more basically and and also, I think the last point is, uh, as we talk about related to the original message of the 
genesis on the genesis block of the Bitcoin is the core idea is to remove intermediaries, right? Make it decentralized, right? So whatever, yeah. So that's that's the overall underlying goal, I guess. Yeah. On stuff, applications, yeah. Sounds good. All right. I guess we will see you next time. Here we go. Flop.